Welcome to Mental Health Film Comment. This is Brian here with you. The 2016 film, Eddie the Eagle, based on a true story, is about an Olympic skier from England in the 1988 Olympics and his um, struggles and um, work to get to the Olympics. Uh, joining us today to talk about many of the films addressed in the film is Joseph Reed, founder of Broken People Peer Support and author of the new book, Broken Like Me. Uh, Joseph, thank you so much for, for being here today. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Well, no, um, I do want to mention a, a few resources up front. I know if you're out there and need to reach out to someone today, there are a couple different crisis um, text lines available. In the U.S., you can text HOME, H-O-M-E, to 741, 741. In the U.K., you can text SHOUT, S-H-O-U-T, to eight five two five eight. Depending upon where you are in the world, uh, check your local listings, as they say. Uh, Joseph, thank you so much for being here today. I appreciate it. Thanks, and I've used that seven four one seven four one number myself, and it's uh, they do good good work. Definitely, and and I do like to mention the crisis text lines more than the the, the um, phone number. I am of the opinion that the, the, the standard number, you know, which is good, and, and I'm, I'm not going to, you know, begrudge it at all, but is not as convenient many times as, mm-hmm. or accessible as, so that's why, that's why I, I, I mentioned it. Now, I do know the other number, and I believe that is 1-800-273-TALK, 1-800-273-8255. And that is another one that is U.S.-based. So if you are listening outside of the U.S., um, again, check your local listings. (laughs) Um, It's kind of weird when I say that, check your local listings. It's kind of just a a figure of speech, I like to say. You say it very nicely, though. (laughs) 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 Um, Now, Eddie the Eagle, um, I am familiar with the film, and I I know you're familiar with the film also. Um, It's probably known for those who do know about it, as the film that more or less put Taron Edgerton on the map. He's, of course, known now for, you know, playing Elton John and that Rocketman movie, and, and obviously known for the, um, the what's that, that other movie, that comic book movie, that um, The Guardsman, the, the guard, or The Kingsman, oh, okay. that movie. So he's probably more, more well-known for, for those two movies than, than this one. But, but it, it is a... And I hate to use the term feel-good movie because it, it, indica- it kind of, people shy away from that, that work that sort of means different things. But it, it is, it, it could be easily considered a feel-good movie. For sure. Easily. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if you, if you call feeling good is crying at the end, that's how I did. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's an inspiring story. No, no way around it. It's, it's uh, you feel good. True. And, and it is a, a true story. And there was a... Apparently, the, and this is a true story of a, a skier from England who goes to the Olympics. And apparently, there's a tiny little Easter egg in the movie because there was a movie a few years ago, uh, Cool Runnings, about a Jamaican bobsled 
team in the Olympics. Apparently, they were at the same Olympics Eddie the Eagle was because there's a couple lines in the movie about a Jamaican bobsled team who's yep. coming up next. So apparently, they were at the same exact Olympics that was depicted in, the, in this film. Yeah, and actually, the, the producer of Eddie the Eagle was inspired by Cool Runnings to <laughs> produce this movie yeah. because he had heard about Eddie the Eagle yeah. after producing Cool Runnings. Yeah, yeah. So, I, yeah, it's a pretty pretty fascinating story. Yeah, and not only that, but, and, and I'm going to, this is going to be a non-spoiler, so please don't mention the name when, when I say this, but there's even a, an unbuilt cameo in the film of the of a, a, an actor who shows up later in the movie the, an author oh. who i'm watching this and i go is he going to be in the movie is he going to be in the movie and then the, the final scene and yes he's yep. in the movie he's in the movie and I'm not, that's all i'm going to yep. say that's all i'm going to say but there's a that's a look at it it is a really good movie uh it is incredibly uplifting and and motivating um i'm not i'm, I'm not able and i don't think you you could give this guarantee either but um, I can almost guarantee that if you're feeling like, like crap today, if you put on the, the movie and just, you know, even half hour, an hour, I think it's under just under two hours. I can't guarantee that, that you, you, you'll, you'll feel better, you know, because I don't know what's you know going on with, uh, but there's a possibility that you may feel better. I mean, w- would you agree with, with that statement? You know, this is your podcast. <laughs> but I'm going to guarantee it. I'm going to say you're going to feel better. Cause I, my, I watched it with my wife who has yeah. like probably not an, an empathetic bone in her body. Yeah. Self-proclaiming. Yeah. And I, I, she really enjoyed it. Like she, I felt like she felt better. She didn't cry like I did. Yeah. Uh, but, but she, she really felt, felt good after it. And uh, so I'll guarantee it. I just won't give out my contact. I won't give out my contact information so people can't complain to me. <laughs> no worries. No worries. The, the, the reason I stopped short of saying like a full guarantee is yeah. I've had those moments and I'm sure you've had those moments too. And I know many people listening today are, are probably having those moments right now where nothing, you know, short of even winning the lottery, but I don't even know if that would make a difference. Um, sure. Nothing makes a difference when you're, you're, so that's why I mentioned that you kind of just to sure. acknowledge that. Um, but in any event, um, you, you do, the, this peer support group, um, broken people, and what what um, set you on, on your journey and in, into the um, wild and wonderful world of uh, mental health and, and, and mental illnesses. Well, it uh, it comes from my own journey with a mental health disorder. You know, as far back as second grade as, as I can remember. You know, as far back as you know, a teacher coming to my parents and saying I had a you know I had an issue, and she was concerned. And um, I'm 45 now. Um, so, you know, it's been a long, long road. Um, and, and probably the easiest way to tell you about this is I had a friend, um, he was, uh, I go to a church and he was our worship pastor and we were both like, kind of like twins in terms of things that we enjoyed about life, our mental health disorders. And, uh, you know, whenever either of us would go into the hospital for, you know, psychiatric care, you know, inpatient we would both show up and sneak in food, you know, our favorite kind of foods. Um, and in 2018, uh, he took his life. And 
as soon as I got the phone call that he had passed away, um, I, I felt like I had this more sure, most surest of calling from God to do something specifically related to mental health than I had ever had to do anything in my life. And, uh, and that's what kind of like propelled me like vastly into this, into this, this world with like writing a book, starting an international organization, working with NAMI, um, yeah, just a, a and, lot and of stuff. And NAMI, for those who don't know, a National Alliance on Men Mental Illness, NAMI.org. Yep. Yep, and they're everywhere. They're, they're actually the, the nation's largest uh, grassroots nonprofit organization, and everything they do for the public is free. Um, it's fantastic. <laughs> There, there are there, yeah, there are affiliates in every state, and I believe on the NAMI website it, it brings up a map where you can click on. Yep. And again, the, there's a lot of information. So if you are outside the U.S., there's still information that, that you may find helpful. But for those in the U.S., that's where the the affiliates will typically be. Absolutely. Um, now, the the thing that really caught my attention on Eddie the Eagle is you know how there's some movies where you watch and you know how it's going to end but you still watch anyway because <laughs> you want to see how that and what I mean that is there's a there's an early scene and for those who and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I am not spoiling anything but the, the film obviously is is Eddie's journey to to get to the Olympics and skiing but his his journey to get there is all the more difficult because he is getting resistance from his own country. His own yes. country's Olympic committee is against him. So much so that one of the opening scenes is the part where if you're whoever you are watching the, the movie, this is a moment where you're, you're gonna go, okay, really? Or you know what I mean, and then you're going to just want to watch to see what happens next. And the moment I'm referring to is when the uh, the, the 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 jerk who's one of the, the coaches says to him, "Oh, you're not. You will never be Olympic material." Right. And that moment right there is why you want to keep watching because you mm -hmm. want to see if he's going to prove him right, if he's going to prove him wrong, if, you know, how, how what, because without that line, there, there would be no movie. There would be right. no movie without that one line. <laughs> but isn't that the story with all our lives? Like you're never going to be, and then all, then all, all of a sudden your life has this, this kind of purpose that you're kind of driving for. And uh, you know how it ends, you know how the story is going to yeah. end in the movie. You don't know how your story is going to end, but, but it's like, oh yeah, it's going to happen, but how? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's what. Like I said, so it's not a spoiler alert to to say that he he does you know fulfill his, his his dreams, and um, but yeah, it is a um, and and I alluded to earlier, you know, my reluctance to use the term you know feel good movie because because to me, and I'm obviously more cynical and I don't want to say jaded necessarily, but just really cynical about movies now at this point. And when I hear feel good movies, what I think of is something where it's being overly manipulative to get yeah. a response. Whereas with this, it's simply a good story. And yes. it's a good story that, 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 that grabs you and, 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 and takes you in. And so that's that's like I said. So I'm not I'm not saying that it's not a feel good movie. I'm just saying that 
when a movie gets called a feel good movie, it sometimes shortchanges it. I guess that would be well, yeah, it's of... a it's a feel good movie in a totally different way too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't I don't want to give any spoilers away either, but man, it's just like typical feel good movies have a pretty uh, pretty easily to anticipate what's going to happen, <laughs> and I don't think like in this movie, like I was able to do that so well. And, and how it came about too. Yeah. And one of the things that I thought was really funny, at least, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll say it's funny, is there was a lot of uh, crowd please, and this is, I just was double checking, it is PG-13. There are a handful of crowd pleasing moments, which kind of sounds weird when we're in a place where we're just slowly migrating back to movie theaters being open, but there are more than a handful of uh, crowd pleasing uh, moments, um, which I'll probably want to elaborate on for those who haven't seen it. But you know what I'm talking about, right? There's at least probably two or three that if you saw it, and did you see this in a theater incidentally, by the way, because I think it would have okay. been- yeah, I saw it in the theater, and then I saw it on Sunday night with my wife again, just to revisit. I'm not yeah. sure which scenes you're referencing. Well, uh, there, okay, well, I'll just say it. There was one, do you remember there in the Austin Powers movies where there was, <laughs> I sound like a little five-year-old when I'm saying this, but in Austin Powers where there were these scenes where there is a strategically covered prop covering. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was a scene like that. In yes. Eddie the Eagle. Yes. Now I know what you're talking about. Yeah, the yeah, I, I won't say it, but yeah, it's yeah. it's pretty funny. Yeah. Um. But that's like because a movie like rolls along at its own pace, and then you get a, a scene like that where it's like, hey, where did that come from? <laughs> yeah, like why did you do it? Well, and, and, and I think movies do, and this movie does a great job of just mixing in so many different variants to yeah. just really keep the the uh the viewer just really attached because um, all the different angles that are coming that, 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 that it's bringing forward yeah no you had mentioned and, and it's funny how i can relate this back to to the work you're doing but this the film also and i guess by virtue of it being about the olympics to some extent has a very universal cast you know, you've got you've got uh, you know the they're in Germany for much of the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, you know, there's yep. a a not quite rival. For, I think it was Norway. Where it's, Norway, yeah. It's kind of there's kind of like a Eurovision vibe to a lot of the 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 film. And yes, for those who are listening outside of the U.S., yes, I know what Eurovision is. I think a few people <laughs> do now because I think there was a Will Ferrell movie a year or two ago. Yes, which, <laughs> but I already known about that prior to the Will Ferrell movie, so I feel vindicated about that uh, but anyway not, not not to get sidetracked though uh, to bring it back to what, what the work you're doing um what sort of um cross-section are you seeing when people have reached out uh, is it is it one area of the public more than others or is it just kind of like a, a wide cross-section how, how would you characterize those who have been um connecting yeah, I guess I, I'm not fully understanding the question. Can you re, uh, re-ask it or ask it in a different way? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. How? What sort of, maybe a better way to be asking, what, what sort of like trends or, or patterns are, are you seeing um, with those who are, are reaching out? Are you seeing like one particular um, trend or area of focus that's getting your attention more than another area of, of focus? 
in terms of people reaching out for like broken the broken people exactly. for help and exactly. and yeah i think that in in england does a really great job at this is there's just this and, I, and there's a chapter in my book called the loneliness crisis mm-hmm. um and england uh, i forget it was i think it was 2018 created a ministry position uh, uh for the, the minister of loneliness <laughs> and um that is probably by and far the largest issue we have to deal with um and and a lot of other mental health disorders are kind of exasperated by by loneliness um like if, so if you deal with with trauma or ptsd uh as a result of assault or or some other kind of um something that happened to you then loneliness just just makes it so much more worse um yeah, so I have, there's a, a lady that, from from near Berlin, Germany, that is very uh, communicates really well in our group, and uh, you know had some very unfortunate things happen in her life in relationship to um, assault. And being able to connect her with resources in Berlin, um, just using you know the internet resources uh, to help her find community and support was was really huge. Uh, and we deal with that a lot. People that are just um, taken for granted and 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 when you feel lonely and you're taken for granted it's just like that doubles it down like oh, i'm just alone i'm a loser you know nice. um and, and and i created uh, you know broken people not just for people that struggle with mental health disorders it's it's you know i i titled it broken people because when i'm at my lowest point it's because i feel broken and it's those broken people that i'm really trying to connect with if you feel broken whatever that is whether it's a diagnosed mental disorder or it's just a season of life like i want to connect with you um, because we can understand each other it's to some degree. Correct. Um, now, you had said something just right now that my ears perked up at, and I, I would imagine many people listening, their ears perked up as well. Um, and that word is di- di- diagnosis. And I mention that because we tend to live in a society where right now there tends to be like these converging thoughts of diagnostic in relation to mental health, meaning there are many people who welcome a a, a chance to name what they're going through, whether it's bipolar disorder, whether it's, you know, whatever it could be. And then there's a a, a whole area of of, of others who say, no, no, wait a second, wait a second. No, you're not going to put a name on, on, what uh, so I appreciate that you, you clearly stated that without like jumping in and, and saying one way or the other. But did you do you know what I mean? Though there tends to be like the, these varying schools of thoughts on that. Yeah, and you know, even when I started Broken People, there was a concern that you know people, for example, with schizophrenia or bipolar one, who that I don't have that diagnosis, that we would be any good, and we would do more damage. <laughs> to the situation of their life yeah. and we did yeah. we definitely didn't want to do that so you know one of the things we do in our group and in my book is you know we're always pushing therapy medication healthy lifestyle like listen to people that are smarter than me mm-hmm. but we're we're just a place to, to build community and support but um in terms of of diagnosis each one of us uh, and, and i tell my leadership team you know i have leadership team um directors from all over the country to help me lead this thing because I just can't do it myself. 
we're you and I we're fully capable of loving people where they are, and that's exactly. that's what I see as our primary role. It doesn't matter what you have, um, and 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 broken people might not be the best place for you, but we can lovingly steer you in the right direction, so you can get the help that you you do. Because there there have been people with like dissociative disorder that come to our group, and they would be better served joining a dissociative disorder uh, Facebook group mm-hmm. and and being encouraged to get therapy and, and all that yeah. stuff. Like it's, there's no magic pill. It, it's, it's, it's a community of solutions that have to be brought together in order to, to, to help a person um, kind of resolve their brokenness. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I'm, I'm glad to hear you say that because I'm, I'm someone who has been making an effort to, include you know as be as, as inclusive as possible and you know that many people who are going through a rough time who who don't who, who who tend not to like the the diagnostic piece of it often feel left out or feel excluded that sure. it doesn't pertain to them so that, that's a, um yes I did, I did i did want to just just mention that but um where was i going with this <laughs> well, Ed, Ed, Eddie in the movie, Eddie yeah. in the movie does not, and Eddie in, in real life does not have a mental, uh, mental disorder, mental health disorder. Um, but when you talk about, I think, I think you mentioned the word prejudice. Mm-hmm. Um, there were certainly prejudices that were, that were revealed within the movie and within his real life, uh, not just for the main character of the movie, but there are other um, second tier characters in the movie where prejudice has become an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and we really got to get past that. We really got to get past, you know, this, this, these borders we put on our, on our vision and in our eyes that, that separate us or, or make us think that we're better than so-and-so because I mean, in Eddie, the Eagles case, you know, cause the way he looked or his, his clumsiness or his awkwardness, you know, it's, um, and, and labels can do that. Labels can create prejudice. And I think that's re- a lot of reasons why people want to like pull away from the diagnostic aspect of it. Yeah, and I guess that, that that's what I was was getting at. Um, and in my mind, you know, the world is big enough for both schools of thought. You know what I mean? Yeah. If someone, yep. if someone wants to wear a diagnostic label with pride and and whatnot, I'm all for that. And if someone says, you know, what's you know, f this, I don't, you know, I I can support that person as well. I think yeah. the world at this point is big enough without one of those views making the other view wrong. You know what I mean? It's. Yeah. Um, but yeah, now that you mentioned it though, um, Eddie the Eagle, there are parts of it that remind me of, remember that movie with Matt Damon a few years ago, The, the Informant, where, and I think he is bipolar uh, in real in real life. The, the, the character Matt Damon plays about the, the whistleblower. Yeah. Um, there are parts of the movie that really remind because of his appearance and he he, he kind of looked like Matt, when, when he had his mustache and he had like this his kind of like a goofiness vibe to him which I think yeah. was why at one point and I, I, I'm trying to tread carefully to not get into spoiler territory but I think that was part of why it was kind of alluded to and more than with the um, oh and probably an important point I should probably mention is his uh, trainer unofficially is played by Hugh Jackman yes I was not gonna go there but yeah yeah yeah, that's one of the things I was talking about yeah Yeah, such a great actor correct and and he is not the by the way he is not the 
the cameo appearance who shows up later. That is someone else right. who I'm gonna, you know, not mention it. And I, I, I didn't, I didn't look it up on on the web, but I'm presuming it's not on Google. At least I hope not. So if you are listening, don't Google it. Do I repeat? Do not Google it. Do not Google it. Listen to Brian. <laughs> because if you do, it's gonna spoil it for you. I mean, yeah, and then it's over. You know what I mean? But, did, but, but did, did you get that sense of surprise though? I mean, when, when this this actor showed up towards the end, did you get that sense of, of surprise? Like you didn't know if he would actually show up? Yeah, like totally, <laughs> totally. It was a total surprise. And, um, you know, it's interesting, like Hugh Jackman's character in the movie, that's 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 a fictional part of the true story. Yeah. That was an add in. My wife had to like fill me in on like, what's, you know, what parts of it are true. And yeah, such a, they did such a good job of, of drawing of drawing that person in that very important person for the movie. What, was that uh, was that a, like a, what they'll say is a, a composite? Was it a, like a composite type of role where he's sort of intended to be like a composite of different various coaches or whatnot? Is absolutely, it, it yeah, that's that what way? I think. That's exactly what I think it was because you, you know how do you bring in all these people that really made a difference in Eddie's life. Well, you, you bring in Hugh Jackson. <laughs> yeah. And I wonder if the um, barmaid, I wonder if she, if she was a real oh, person. That was funny. That's an interesting character. She is one of, she was one of my favorite secondary characters I've seen in a movie in a really long time. It's, it's sort interesting of wish, how they yeah. introduced her in the movie. It's, <laughs> again, they throw in another weird like hook and that, right, or as soon as the first her first scene, it's like, oh, that's really weird. <laughs> and, and and not only that, but it was thrown in as like a crowd pleaser moment because yes. she yep. makes some joke about German beer, and that's what you know. That's why sleeping because he's he the the German beer was so good compared to the you know the horrible beer they have in in England. And, oh man, don't don't let's not talk about the <laughs> drinks right now. I mean, if you want to talk about the drinks in the movie, like that's one of my favorite parts of the movie is the the drinks. <laughs> And, and for those listening in England, I'm not making fun of your your beverages. I'm talking. This is specifically referring to a line in the movie. So, if you're going to be mad at anyone, don't be mad at me. Don't be mad at, at Augustus Joseph. Be be mad at the people who wrote the screenplay. Yes, That's please. And we'll, and we'll include their address and phone numbers at the end. <laughs> yeah. But I, I'm I'm a big fan of milk. So if you like milk, yeah. Watch yeah, there the is a lot of uh, for calcium, which um, yes, for calcium and whatnot. Um, and then also another thing that I, I do want to tread lightly on that aspect is obviously there are, you know, dual diagnosis situations where, um, you know, the alcoholism is, you know, mixed in with the uh, other stuff. So yes. another reason to kind of, you know, tread a little lightly on that. Um, yes. But but a lot of what you're um, writing about in, in your book is um, something that is helpful to those going through a hard time. I mean, because, of, and I've, I said before, and I'll say it again, that this this podcast is not just for the people who are doing well and, you know, out and about, but it's also for those who, you know, simply aren't going to get out of bed this morning because it's just, yeah. it's just not happening. Right. Um, for those who, who are, you know, going to be in bed most of the day because, you know, might not be another day or so before they even get out. Um, a lot of what you're, you're writing about in your book is something that, that pertains to to those who are in that in that place by way of you know journaling stuff, you know by way of just getting getting the thoughts together. That's a way to feel productive, even when it doesn't look productive by external 
you know, appearances. Yeah, that's a great way. Of, that's a really great way of saying it. Because that, because uh, journaling, that is something where that's something you can do even when you don't feel productive. And that's right. Um, you know, now you had mentioned something about like the, 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 this mental health scale. What what do you mean by that? Yeah. So. You know, for anybody that's been to a psychologist or psychiatrist, a lot of times you'll get this, this, you know, tell me how you're doing one through 10. And uh, if you, if you Google that mental health scale, um, you'll, you'll see what I call a positive 10 or a positive one scale. A positive 10 scale is a one through 10 scale that says, how are you doing one through 10? 10 is great. One sucks. Um, And usually it's like, the six, the number six is like when you start doing well. So six is that great equator on the positive 10 scale. But then there's the positive one scale. If you're doing really bad, it's a 10. If you're doing really good, it's a one. So it's like, there's no like universality to how to communicate with professionals or with family members or with, you know, or with the police or with your doctor. Um, And so what I think is really needed is a universal scale um, that makes sense for people in my situation. And I didn't create a scale to communicate with the world. I just had a scale that I made, uh, which originally called was called the Joe scale, just because I needed to be able to communicate with my family and friends to let them know how I was yeah. doing. Yeah. Um, and it's it's a really simple scale. It's it's negative ten to ten. And and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna challenge you here, Brian. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna put you on the spot because you had no idea you have no idea what the scale is about. Yeah. Uh, so the, the scale is negative 10 to 10 with a zero being in the equator. If you're not feeling well, if you're having a bad day, which side of the scale do you think you're going to fall on? Part of me thinks this is a trick question, but then part of me thinks it would, it would not be a trick question. So <laughs> I'm going to say the negative. Then is that? You're a genius. If you're, if you're having a negative day, go figure. It's going to be a negative number. Um, And so I I go through the, in the book, at the end of every chapter, there's this thing called utilization section. And by utilization, I mean, Y-O-U, utilization. Like how do you take the concept I've introduced? Wait, so, so is it, so is it the minus number when it's not doing too well as opposed to the plus? Yes, exactly. Okay. Exactly. You're, if you're doing bad, it's a low number. You're doing well. It's a, it's a good number. And that zero is the great equator. It's like, I don't know how I'm doing. Um, and, and built into this scale are, are a couple of important numbers. There's a crisis number, which varies for everybody. My crisis number is a negative six. So when I communicate a negative six or my friends and family or professionals see me nearing that negative six number, that crisis number, uh, that's, you know, that number is when I need to go to the hospital. That number is when I need to be institutionalized because I am not safe. Um, and there are some people that have a much greater tolerance for mental health uh, uh, situations um, when they may be a negative eight, uh, but there's some people that can't really handle so much. And that's what's so great about my book is I teach the reader how to both set those numbers and how to communicate those numbers and why to communicate those numbers with people in your life. So in order for you to stay safe and in order for you to know what to do when you're in that negative realm, like how, what kind of coping skills do you introduce? Like how do you get yourself in that positive, that positive, that positive side of the scale? Yeah. 
have you gotten this to, I know there's different CIT, you know, crisis intervention team and, and comparable. Yes. Have you gotten those to different groups or whatnot that, that do those, those CIT teams? Cause this is no, not yet. would be ideal for some of their, their, their training. Yeah. So my, I have my designer um, putting together actual like a visual mm -hmm. uh, help for this, for the scale. Um, and I have a doctor at U of M here in Michigan that, that is just, you know, he's using it for pain. Like he wants, well, he's not using it yet, but he wants to introduce it to the medical community, not just for mental illness, but for pain. Um, because it's, it, it just makes sense. And so many, like I use it for my wife's cooking. Like, how was it? You know, if, if it's going to send me to the hospital, it's a negative six, you know, <laughs> but if it's really great, you yeah, know, yeah. Like, and the more and more you use this for different aspects of your life, the more custom that not only you become to it, but to, to the, to the loved ones around you, which is really the most important thing, because when you're faced with like, how are you doing? It's, it's so hard to say mm -hmm. I'm suicidal. I need to go to the hospital. It's much easier to say I'm a negative three, which communicates to your family. Oh, he's in a danger zone. Like, we need to encourage him, you know, and, and there's, there's a skill called coping ahead that's introduced in, in therapy, which is like, how do you deal with situations when you know they're going to go bad? And part of the mental health scale is like, is the person with mental illness, which is, which sucks, right? It's like, who's the only person that can help a person who's going through a mental, you know, uh, health tragedy or whatever. It's the person with a mental health disorder, but not in the time that they're dealing with it, but on the, on the opposite side of the time. So like, me training my, my therapist, me talking to my friends and family, like, when I am at this point, this is what you can do for me. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, it's, it's building about building community. It's about, you know, not having that magic pill, but, but bringing everybody together to, to work towards just getting you in literally in the right direction on that scale, like oh, moving yeah. right. Yeah. And that, that sounds like a very valuable tool and a very needed tool in, in, in a lot of cases. So Definitely yeah, if we can make it universal, that. like the CIT program and doctors, then there isn't the ambiguity of what the heck are you talking about? Like, I don't know how to communicate this with you. True. Exactly. So, yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. Lots, lots of, lots of good info here. Um, and the, um, now you had, um, some of the work you're doing though, it extends offline though, as I understand it like a lot of the, the, the work you're, you're doing. Yes. Yeah. I mean, in addition to my work with, with NAMI, uh, I have a personal group that meets in uh, West Michigan. Uh, we meet, we're the only group that meets in person during the COVID days. Uh, yeah. um, you know, we follow all the CDC, CDC guidelines, but a lot of these bigger organizations like uh, Mental Health Association and NAMI, like they have this top-down you know, bureaucracy that they're kind of stuck with where they, they can't, they can't meet. Um, where it's just me, like, okay, we'll, we'll do it. We'll find a way to make it, make it happen that, yeah. that, you know, coincides with the rules and regulations that are demonstrated. But uh, we have a group that's starting up in uh, California uh, this, this June um, in San Jacinto, California. Oh, cool. So cool. yeah, it's just kind of, just kind of spreading out all over and, and you know, I'm not looking to grow the number of people. I'm just looking to be helpful to the next person that needs the help. Cool. Very, very cool. Um, yeah, so lots of good info. And like I said, if um, both as far as the movie that came up today, as well as what we're talking about. And, and sure, I do yeah. want to mention, by the way, I know I'd imagine there's a lot of people, because I remember when the movie came out in theaters and it kind of came and went r really quickly, as I recall. So yes. 
as people maybe you know and everyone's like this you know you watch a movie like rocket man or you watch a movie like the king's is it the king i should know this better like the king's man or whatever the one where he's the one with um and i'm gonna i'm gonna i am gonna google this so i i should know um this is because i this is what happens when i'm uh not as um on top of it as, as i should be um Kingsman. Yeah, it, yeah, it is Kingsman. It is Kingsman. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so, yeah. But so, so if anyone's been watching like Rocket Man or Kingsman, and, and you go, huh, maybe I'll check out the set of the Eagle and see what see what you know what else he's in. So that's and I would imagine now it's going to be a lot the scenario for a lot of people because I know many people have only heard of him since Rocket Man or, or, or Kingsman. Mm-hmm. And I and I think and I could be mistaken, but I think this is what led to his other roles. Was whoever was casting for Kingsman or whatever saw Eddie the Eagle and thought, "Hey, let's get him in this movie," which is complete polar opposite of the character that he's playing in in this film. You know, he kind of reminds me of. He reminds me of the Christopher Reeves from the old Superman. Oh, he does. Uh, he does a little bit. And, and that's another thing that is left. I'm not. I'm not going to spoil it, and I, I know you won't either. As far as like the, the where the eagle comes in to play, mm-hmm. I think people who are are do that kind of sport probably already know what it is. But it's 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 clearly spelled out in a few scenes, and that's all I'm going to say about that. Yeah. Well, let, let me just spoil it. He has oh, you're going to spoil it. And he, okay. And he flies. Oh yeah, yeah, the, that, uh, that kind he, of spoiler. Yeah, yeah, he definitely flies. So that's the spoiler. <laughs> yeah. Okay. His cape, you know, all that stuff. Okay, good. Uh, that's a good. That's a good spoiler. Okay. Totally true. It is. Um, but cool. Well, thanks so much for for being here today. Um, now, as we as we wind down, um, I did want to mention a few more resources. Um, I know you had mentioned uh, NAMI, National Alliance on Mental Illness, N A M I dot org. Uh, Mental Health America is another one. M H A National dot org. Uh, MaddenAmerica dot com. So. So people have mentioned to me. Um, now, how would people find out more about uh, Broken People if they wanted to l- learn more about that? Yes, sweet. Thanks for asking, Brian. Uh, so people can find out about my book and about Broken People uh, on our website, which is www.broken-people.org, and that's that little line hyphen line. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's just it's a it's a, you know there's a ton of information there. Um, if they want to email me, it's Joe at broken-people.org. Um, I'm pretty good at getting back with people. I have, I have a pretty open schedule to connect with people. So cool. love to hear from your listeners. Cool. Good deal. Well, thanks so much for being here today. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. Thanks for creating this platform. It's such a fun thing to kind of bring these two, you know, like movies and, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's really fun. It's a fun, fun uh, interview. Yeah. There, there are, there are times when I don't get the balance worked out just right. It might be all, movie oriented one episode or might be all mental health oriented the other episode but this this is this episode seemed like a good mix of the two having the good the good balance between the two yeah well coming from a a person with a mental health disorder i I would just say that balance is overrated (laughs) (laughs) fair enough fair enough cool well well, thanks so much for being here today and um, my pleasure thank you those of you at home or at work wherever you may be um stay safe everyone and uh, talk, talk to you next time. Uh, bye.